Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Millsoff, features editor at Billboard and Broadway fan here. So the summer is a bit of a quieter time in the Broadway world. Far fewer shows open, and it starts to feel like a lot of shows are announcing closings. One of the most recent of those was Waitress, which will play its last performance January 5th of next year. While plenty of show announcements uh, about closings feel overall pretty sad, uh, they can indicate that the production just just wasn't selling enough tickets or suffered from bad reviews or maybe just didn't get any Tony wins. This one wasn't totally a downer to me. It was actually a reminder of just how well Waitress did and what the significance of that success was. Waitress opened in spring of 2016 And it earned its investment back in less than 10 months, which is a huge accomplishment. When it closes, it will have played for nearly four years on Broadway, in addition to having mounted a successful North American tour and a West End production in London, both of which are going to continue. It received four Tony nominations, including for Best Musical and Best Original Score for Sarah Bareilles. And at a time when so many pop songwriters uh, seem interested in Broadway, Borellis's work on Waitress really has become, I think, a new high bar. An example of just how far really excellent craft, storytelling, and authenticity can go towards making a musical successful. Every song in Waitress sounds like a Sarah Borellis song. It does not sound contrived, like she's trying to write for theater. Um, and in the end, that makes her all the more believable as a theater composer. And in fact, at this point, I think a few songs from Waitress, like She Used to Be Mine and You Matter to Me, are starting to look like new contemporary classics in musical theater. Borellis was always beloved by musical theater people, and the music she wrote for Waitress really showed why. I hope she will come back to the theater world at some point soon. In the meantime, I wanted to bring back this episode of the podcast, one of my favorites, in which uh, Sarah Borellis talks about creating the musical with two of the actors who were starring in it at the time, Will Swenson and Betsy Wolf. She is hard on herself. She is broken and won't ask for help. She is messy, but she's kind. She is lonely most of the time. She is all of this mixed up and baked in a beautiful pie. She is gone, but she used to be mine. I am happy to see all of you. You're all people I've seen before at some point in various contexts. And the last time I saw Sarah 
I feel the need to remind you we were singing a great deal of The Secret Garden together. Of course we were, as <laughs> you do, <laughs> as one does. Yes, uh, Sarah has a wonderful rendition of If I Had a Fine White Horse that I feel the world should hear, but we don't need to do it right now. But not today. But not today. So to start out, the waitress tour just kicked off in Cleveland, right? It is, is very- about to it is, it is kicking it as, is kicking we, as we speak. yeah it is kicking as we speak we're in tech and it's um kind of like the the final stages fine tuning fine tailoring the production for this cast and they're they're wonderful they're working so hard and tech sucks <laughs> like, it's the worst it's the worst and they have the best attitude so we're really grateful the theater is absolutely bananas gorgeous and uh, it's going to be a good home for our first our launch of the tour i was going to say is launching the first tour in any way like rebirthing the show in some way if you mean painful yes (laughs) (laughs) um yes it is it's it's you know the whole creative team is back in the room together we're getting to re-examine moments that have been gnawing at us and um just really kind of you know looking at every moment and um but there's a lot of things where it's like, you know, it's it's just highly technical at this stage. It's it's the lighting cues and the automation cues all getting lined up. And so mm-hmm. the actors are doing a lot of improvisational dancing you know, <laughs> in place as you do. That sounds like something I would enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's incredible. The show has been on Broadway for kind of coming up on two years now, which is weird to think about. I feel like it just opened. Um, and I feel like it's kind of an exciting moment on Broadway in general where there are so many great shows where when we have a new cast come in, the new cast is like as exciting, sometimes more exciting than the original cast. And uh, I feel like Will and Betsy, you two are great examples of uh, the kind of exciting people who are coming into shows. Oh, that's nice. Um, oh, that's yeah, I was like, I need to go back. Um, so I was curious to hear about how you two came to the show, what you, your experience was with it before you auditioned or didn't audition, and what, uh, how did you come to casting the two of them? Who wants to go first? <laughs> um, I, I was lucky enough to, the very, very, very first reading of the show ever, like when it was just an idea, I got asked to come and read Earl. Um, and it was like in the White Source apartment. Yeah. And, yeah. and we just sat around and sort of read the first draft. Um, and that was super exciting. And then it like became a project and, and went, uh, you know, went out of town. And, and I, I eventually got asked to come back and, and actually play the part. And so it was a neat full circle for me. Well, that's so interesting to me because I'm always curious about how people start on workshops and then don't end up in the first cast but come through at some other point it's like a funny revolving door oh yeah schedules. I mean there's everyone's got 45 projects irons right. in the fire so to speak and you're Puzzle doing something pieces, and you can't yeah. do the thing and, and sometimes it works out with timing and sometimes it doesn't but mm-hmm. yeah it worked out for you Yay. how about you Betsy well I'm I, I have kind of a similar strange-esque story but I remember when it was like first kind of being talked about I remember hearing about Sarah writing something and and uh, and Diane directing it, and I, Barry had just seen me do a concert at the time, and uh, we had a ca- casual conversation about it, and I just remember at the time thinking, that sounds like an incredible story. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I worked on another project, and, and but it, I always knew it was happening, and then, of course, I saw um, Jesse do it and was just like, this is a beautiful story, and also, side note, an amazing role for a woman 
uh, our age and as a female right now too. It just it it always struck me as such a powerful show that so rarely do you know women in their 30s get to play a role like this on Broadway and tell this kind of a story. So when it came back into my world uh, last year when they asked me to come in and audition, I was obviously ecstatic and just thrilled. And then so I got to see Jesse do it and then watch Sarah do it millions of times before, as I was getting ready <laughs> and, and just was excited to continue telling the story, really. We are beyond lucky to have these two incredible gems as a part of our cast and the continuation and the story of this show and what I love to your point is that you know what seems to be happening is that we get to it feels like it's evolving it's not devolving (laughs) it's like the show is an organism that continues to have a life that you know I love that the characters get to live and breathe as they are inhabited by different people and hopefully knock on wood may we be so lucky to have it happen many times you know that the show gets to be reinterpreted and um continue to to have a life but my gosh what it's such a joy to to look at this cast and just be so proud of this production two years in almost you know we're being generous with that but yes well, <laughs> yeah. in the grand scheme of things it's, yeah it's almost. and i know you kind of wrapped up about the tour already but i just want to say i saw the last um, run through of the tour in the room. How sweet is this? The Broadway company came <laughs> to see the our touring company and their final run through, and it's the craziest day. The tour, the the cast of the tour has like brought all of their can I swear all their <laughs> yes, shit in a yes. bag, <laughs> and they're like stressed out and sweaty, and they're like trying to pack, and people are already throwing things away from their bags that aren't, aren't going to fit in their luggage. <laughs> there was an overweight pile. <laughs> there was. Absolutely was, and then uh, then they have to do their final run through, and they came, and it was such a supportive room. It was so incredible. So Betsy was there, and yeah, it just it translates. So I mean, as someone who's now been doing the show since June, I was crying at the end and it had nothing to do with my involvement of it or that I get to tell this story every night it had to do with the fact that you can step back from the show even though I'm like immersed in it right now and I see it all the time and I could be like oh, okay you know I've, I know what's coming clearly yeah, yeah. but I was still so taken aback by what a story it is and it just it translates really really well with different companies and and people doing it and so I think it's I think you know the national tour audiences are really lucky that they get a chance to see it. Well, it's, I was wondering what about each of them made you feel they were really right for the part. Cause Betsy, for instance, is, you know, you have a very different voice than Jesse. And when Jesse was cast, I was like, Oh, this makes sense. You have like such similar vocal qualities to Sarah and you have a gorgeous voice, but I think of you as, you know, just a very different approach. So what, I mean, what about each of them made you think like, Oh, there's something there I want to zero in on with these roles. Well, I, I'm always like, caressing Betsy post-show being like your, your voice is bananas yes. it's, it's incredible and she's got like cords of steel like this you perfect pitch and there's so wow. much it's so it's so beautiful to sit back as a singer and to listen to someone interpret songs and never for a moment be like are, are you gonna get there you know that feeling it? like is she gonna yeah. make it? is she gonna try that it's just perfectly executed every night it's it's so consistent and so beautiful but Betsy's brought so much heart and so much um even just as a company member like they to to bring in this incredible spirit of leadership and camaraderie and to take that on stage every night and I know you're so beloved in the cast as well um so and the audience is 
across the boards are just loving this woman in this role. You really are bringing That's so much to it, and her. really true, <laughs> really, really true. I'm not, I'm and people unequivocally hate Will. I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> Will is such a nice guy. I do. Yeah. I love everyone. <laughs> no, but I got the great pleasure of going into the show with Will, and it was. I felt like I was in such good hands, and um, as a brand new person to the stage, it was. He was incredibly nervous, and he was such a supportive castmate and scene partner. And he's lies, all lies. He's, <laughs> <laughs> but just really, you brought so much, um, so much depth and so much humanity to to Earl as well. And he's a complicated character. He mm-hmm. can very easily slip into a two two dimensional place. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really, you know, in deft hands. It, he he is as alive as I think he's supposed to be. Good job, Will. Oh, my goodness, Yay. thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of the fun of a show that is long-running, um, is that you get to see the roles in the hands of different people. And because everyone is so different as a person, everybody obviously brings their own strengths and, and ideas to the table. And it's so fun to watch those dynamics interplay and become different. And it, like Sarah said, it's a really living, breathing organism. And something that might be ring as a certain emotion or idea one night, or with one cast, rather, it could be completely different with the other, um, and it, it's it's just different. And and with this show, all kind of wonderful. But um, it's it's that's why theater is so great. Is it's it's not the same thing. It's not like watching the same movie over and over. You go again, and you see a completely different or very different show. Mm-hmm. Often. Sure. Well, I think to that point, an interesting thing that I like to hear you guys talk about that I think a lot of people who don't know the nuts and bolts of Broadway don't know is what happens to a show when a new cast comes in. I think that there could be a tendency to think, well, the first year's over, the Tony's over, Sarah must be like going back to whatever else it is she's doing. But I know that that's most likely not the case. Um, so, I so when <laughs> Did you have any idea how much this uh, project was going to suck out of your like time? If no, I, I had known, I would <laughs> have said no. I mean, to be, I'm not someone who's, yeah. I'm like commitment phobic. Like, I don't, I'm not someone who's like, yeah, oh, that'll take five years and most of the hours of my life. Um, <laughs> no. But that's also a testament to why this musical is doing so well, as, you know, I'm not going to name drop, but I've also worked on projects where other famous, you know, contemporary artists have written the shows and and you know they'll write the show and then you don't have much involvement with them and honestly i think that it's part you know sarah's always around she's either hosting karaoke she's no but like in the best <laughs> get rid of her we, I, I, I can't get rid of her I'm she's like putting on my costume sometimes yeah. at 8 p.m take it off <laughs> but no but the fact is that she's like the Obviously, everyone loves coming to work, and she's there, too. Or, or, you know, we just all know that, like, the creative team is still very much a part of this show. And so, as someone who's never been in a long-running show, (laughs) it's, like, literally, I always do the artistic, you know, short runs. (laughs) And um, at non-profit theater companies. So, as someone who's finally coming into a show, I can see why this one is still, you know, going strong. That's Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. 
Well, it's it's interesting as people have come through the podcast in the past year. You know, we talk a lot about the overlap that musical theater has with pop music now. And I think in the beginning, it was Hamilton that everybody talked about. And now, it, I mean, Waitress is really being mentioned in the same breath with Hamilton as like, well, we have Lynn and we also have Sarah Bareilles. So it's like, it's really nice to hear that, you know, you're helping expand the world of what musical theater can sound like. And I also feel like you're just a favorite of musical theater people in general. I, I've, I've interviewed people over the years and asked, like, what do you listen to when you're not doing your show? Your name always comes up. So I'm curious from your point of view, like, what is it about Sarah's music that do you think resonates with so many people or is making this show really connect? It's the honesty. Sarah writes from just like a, a, a just a heart open, honest, completely vulnerable place. And it's so accessible and therefore sort of theatrical, it's what you kind of strive mm-hmm. for in the, in the musical mm-hmm. theater, is just honesty and, and telling a story. And she's a great storyteller in her, in her music, but also uh, super honest, not to mention the the voice and the, and the melodies are, <laughs> They're are, nice. are They're very nice lovely. Yeah. Um, but I, I, for me, it, I just respond to the, the honesty. It's just great. That's mm. so sweet. I think your ability to, I'm going to just talk about you like you're not sitting here next to <laughs> The ability to be able to write for specific characters and to be able to tell their journeys, because everyone's different. I think that that's probably what is so hard when you have someone coming from a pop world than trying to translate that to musical theater storytelling. I think that's one of the things that's so impressive about her music is you know, the songs that Jenna sings are very different from the songs that Dawn sings, and they have a different sound and different um, notes, and it's just, it's so clear that she, you know, really knew what she was doing. Like, that is like, a no, but it's, face lie. It's, well, you might have not thought you yeah, did, maybe, but like, yeah. it's... Thank you. I mean, I don't know. I was obsessed with the Blessed Unrest in 2014. That's the only That's, thing that got me through Is it Blessed Unrest or Blessed Unrest? What do you say? I've heard blessed both. Unrest. I have, I say Blessed Unrest only because I like the alliteration. Of the, but I, I, I have no... I'm going to still go with Blessed. Yeah, blessed. <laughs> blessed Unrested. Blessed Unrested. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, that's so sweet. Thank you. I, I so enjoyed the challenge of... I actually enjoyed the, the freedom of getting to write for different characters and in different styles. I think that's something when I was first starting out as a songwriter, my tendency was really towards very... Ver- th- things that varied stylistically and I had like a reggae song and a country song yes. and then like the really kind of um, tongue-in-cheek song like a song like fairy tale that's sort of Broadway-esque anyway mm-hmm. and um, I I found that the tendency was to, to sort of narrow the vision and so it was nice to get into a, a playground where it was like the gloves came off and there was space to create things that were really so different from each other. And I think that these characters, I mean, it speaks to the writing, I think, of this material, too, coming from Adrian Shelley, who wrote the film and the mm-hmm. directed the film, um, and then to Jesse Nelson, who wrote the script for the show, the book writer. Um, the characters are so vibrant, and there's so much to say about them. They're, it was fun to kind of dive in. Well, I mean, you, the two of you have done a great deal of, like, contemporary musical theater, I guess, not just, like, classic big shows. Um, I mean, in that kind of vein, like, where does Sarah's music fit in? Is it easier to sing in any way just because it's kind of, like, 
sounds like what you hear on the radio and, you know, I, I feel like is very That's much of this time. <laughs> I would think it would be. It seems easier. <laughs> I just wonder if it feels like. Laughing. <laughs> laughing. The intervals are more. You played this role for 10 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the word easy is now <laughs> to my mind. <laughs> but I guess I, I mean, mean like more natural it's feeling. It's a joy to sing. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, yes, there's so much of this material that falls in sweet spots, and thank goodness, you know, otherwise I don't know how you could do this show and not leave the stage, you know, if, yeah, if yeah. the whole two hours did not fall in your sweet spots. But I, it's it's fun. It's a joy. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I don't feel constricted at all. I feel like I can take some liberties some nights, and there's freedom in that, and I'm not, you know, making the material suffer by doing it. It's, I think that's what's so great about it. For me, it's really fun to sing like this eight times a week. It's exhausting, but it's really, really fun. I've never heard you tired, though. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And you are belting. You should hear my take it from an old man. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> it's incredible. <gasps> I feel like the great takeaway from today is that Betsy is, in fact, a human being, despite yeah. evidence to the contrary. As far as we know. <laughs> I mean, did the time that you spent playing Jenna give you a completely different perspective on what these people are going through? Oh, my God. Uh, I have to say, though, that um, my respect and admiration for folks who go into theater was already had grown so much just at the beginning of this process because I was watching. This is so hard. It is so demanding. And to come from being just like a regular old pop artist. What y'all are doing is just a regular old Just a a pop star. But what you do is so much harder than what we do. And it's... um, But I also... What I really responded to was the the team sport of it all. Mm -hmm. That it's it's impossible to extract um, sort of your own singular experience from the collective mm-hmm. and I think that's why people come and do harder work for less money <laughs> because it is <laughs> it is so deeply rewarding to stand on stage every night and take the company bow and and realize mm-hmm. that you you along with the people on stage people behind the stage the the ushers the the house manager like everybody has worked hard to to create an environment for the audience it is so it is um the only thing I've done that's felt quite as much like being of service in that way, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of a performance um, perspective, it really feels like you're in service of the audience every night, and um, you don't, you can't do it alone. Nobody can do this by themselves. I say it's the most collaborative art form. I can't think of Absolutely. another that takes as many different departments and disciplines all thrown into the same, you know, mixing bowl mm-hmm. for the for the end product. I, I can't think of it. For a performance, I mean, like yeah. film is deeply collaborative, but it's yeah. it's done in stages. This right. is like every night; it's yeah, an for orchestra all to come together at once. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But so many elements. Yeah, mm-hmm. between the technical and the music and the acting and the and the crew and it's just it's so many things coming together for for. Go it's magic. And like you said, the rewards in those variables then and mm-hmm. the differences it have in each night are just really really exciting. Yeah. I was going to say that, I mean, pop music can be super collaborative, but it's I think it's rare to get everyone in the same place at the same time the way it happens in a theater. And I wonder if in some ways you like this better than, you know, the, the recording career aspect of your life, or is it just like differences and 
both of um, them balance you I out. I mean, I think that I, I'm really grateful that this has um, come to me at this stage in my life, too. I mean, I, I so enjoyed... My, I've so enjoyed being a, an artist and a performer in the pop realm, but I, I yeah, I think I, I got a little burnt out. It can be very monotonous, but so can this. You know, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, you know, it was nice to sort of change gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll preface this by saying that the show is very funny. I think that there are plenty of laugh out loud moments, but I know when it started out, it was a little bit of like, this is a little bit of a sad story. Um, there is, I think, a woman who doesn't your, want her baby. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> no, I think there's a that <laughs> there's a strong undercurrent of sadness to both of your characters in different ways. I think, and it is a story about whether or not to have an abortion, and like, how will this read on Broadway? Um, obviously, it's going very well, but I think that it's a story that, to me, and like you said, Betsy, to have like a strong female lead character who's not just an ingenue. Um, it feels like it was timely when the show premiered and it has only probably gained in timeliness in the time that you've mm-hmm. been on stage. So I'm just curious whether that's something you all think about when you're on stage every night. Do you feel kind of different reactions from the audience as time goes by? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Sarah could speak to this, but the um, the messages that I receive, the handwritten letters, the instant messages, direct messages, Twitter uh, messages that people write. There's a a large group of people that are tremendously affected by this show, and it it doesn't mean that they're women who are in relationships they don't want to be in and find themselves pregnant. It can it, it really really ranges from anyone who's just you know found themselves at a moment in time in their lives where they have kind of two roads to go down and and which road they choose. And the show at least according to the things I've read, has been insanely inspiring to people and and has truly changed the lives of some people. And I know that sounds really extreme to say, like, oh, a musical can do this. But, you know, people find themselves in characters and art, and and it's uh, it's been thrilling for me. I do not take it lightly what I get to do every night. I love the fact that I get to do that. And in 2017, I am Mm. so proud to be telling this story. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of musicals out there right now and we keep kind of doing the same thing and so I'm really happy to be in a musical that continues a forward sense of conversation for Mm. sure Mm -hmm. I mean it's one of the things I was so drawn to about the material itself is that these were messy characters that's why that word is in in she used to be mine it's I just I liked because I think that that's actually the more relevant human experience is that we don't have heroes and villains we have complicated people who are doing the best they can and make mistakes and have to live in spite of that and somehow we have to find each other in the middle so I there's a lot of people who are making big mistakes in this show on purpose and knowingly and having to reconcile that and you know even our the closest thing we have to a villain is our Earl character and even he is he's a wounded vulnerable scared human that's where those choices come from that's where that behavior manifests is out of fear and out of panic at being left behind so Mm -hmm. I like that we're not we're not pretending that that the lines aren't blurred but because I think that's the more human experience to speak to do you ever find yourself wanting to belt she used to be mine every night <laughs> I, I, I hear him on really stage distracting. I hear you it's, 
it's, it's getting complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that would be an excellent miscast choice for you. Ooh, right? Yeah. Oh, I love I that. Like that. He does it in a higher Consider key, though, than I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> you could let your actual hair down and just, like, yes. Yes. have a moment. And, and dress. And <laughs> let it all go. Um, well, Sarah, I have to mention while you're here your amazing song that just came out, uh, If I Dare. Oh, thanks. So and where, Thank like, you. everybody, Thank I feel like everyone is talking about it. Everyone is mentioning, like, big words attached to it, um, which I won't put out into the universe yet. But, um. Caramelization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, words like that, totally. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I feel like it's gotten a really great reaction. And again, like, feels like a really great moment for a, uh, Lady for, lady forward song like that to be coming into the universe, um, and I'm curious when you. I wish I would have <laughs> thought of that word as my hashtag. Lady, lady forward. Lady, lady forward. <laughs> I lady love forward. it. Hashtag, hashtag lady, lady forward. forward. Yes. Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, did having the experience of working on waitress and writing waitress at all play into your writing process for Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Like, do you see yeah. ways in which like your worlds are bleeding into each other? I think what <laughs> what waitress did for me was was really give me the the time and space to explore what it feels like to write from someone else's perspective in a way that felt authentic to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something I've always shied away from co-writing. I always shied away from um, writing songs that I figured someone else might end up singing because I felt like I would lose kind of the thread of authenticity. Um, and that was one of the greatest gifts of working on Waitress was that, oh, it can, there are, if creating something um, for someone else can actually end up being something that just augments the song itself. Like I, I listen to these interpreters every night singing the songs that I wrote and they're so much better. <laughs> they're so much better because someone else is singing them. And so um, even that, just going into writing for the film, you know, talking about Billie Jean King and her story and watching her story on film and trying to, well, how do you possibly like put that into words? And it was just about trying to speak to um, the elements of her story that spoke to me and finding that, finding the, the connective tissue there and, and trying to put that down. So and you, she I, liked it, so it felt like that was a big I won. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I want to give a shout out to Nick Bertel. Absolutely, who is actually a friend of mine from college. Is he really? Yes. <laughs> he he has been. It, it was so much fun. I thought they were so smart. The directors, John and Val, and and Nick, their vision for that song was to use um, score that was already thematic in the movie and try to build from that. But they gave me a lot of freedom to sort of play around with the music itself. But um, no, Nick was an awesome collaborator, and so using his some of his score to jump off from was just like it already put it in this really spectacular kind of collaborative place. It was really fun. Yeah, I love the idea of the two of you together. Um, awesome, He's the coolest. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you all for coming. Thank you, and good luck with thank the continuing you. excellence of the show. Thank you. Keep it going. Hashtag Lady Forward. Normalization. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs>
Waitress is playing at the Brooks Atkinson Theater through January 5th. And keep an eye out because there are supposed to be various international productions in the works. If you are a fan of Billboard on Broadway, please subscribe and leave us nice reviews and stars on iTunes. You can also find the podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Acast, among other platforms. If you want to tweet or comment about the podcast, please use hashtag Billboard on Broadway. You can find me on Instagram at YouDownWithRMM and on Twitter at Rebecca Millsoff. And hope to have you back for the next episode. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.